previously on the Strife Aquatic with Gerald Birkenstock. Hmm. The gang returns to Kuru with a bounty of ancient Kebran artifacts. While en route to the embassy, the party observes a caravan of war elephants and Kebran soldiers about to embark on an expedition. Upon arriving in the embassy proper, the Kebran ambassador is impressed by the Hall of Artifacts and the cultural significance of those artifacts. He, she proceeds to offer the gang a notice extending diplomatic immunity to the group for services rendered, on top of a substantial gold bonus. The offer also includes a limited commitment of Kebran protection, both on Kebran lands and elsewhere. The gang splits up to tackle various shopping projects, and Tribble heads to the Blood Drinker's social club. Upon arrival, there are signs of a struggle and a great battle, and Yubitsume appears to have been gravely wounded. Perhaps the balance of power is shifting within the floating city. By twist of fate, our party arrives back to Kuru on the same day that Margaret Thastus is set to compete in the title match. Will she throw the match as intended, or will she try to claim the victory for herself? Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Also, there's a dead kobold that's alive. Uh, He's on my shoulders and I love him. That's right. (laughs) I forgot his name because I was deeply Samuel. Samuel. Samuel, my best friend. Now, if you are going to keep him out of the bag, that is going to. Um, is he going to deteriorate? Hasten his deteriorations. It is. Hey, well, it's going to hey. cause him to deteriorate. It's also going to cause uh, some debuffs regarding the rest of the townspeople that see you. You're just trying to get rid of my best friend. <laughs> you just met. I just met him and I love him. Okay, Doug. Real meat cube. I'm going to carry around a little spray bottle and spritz him like he's... Why don't you just uh, get, like, a, a baby Bjorn uh, where you can, like, have him face you and so you can't see him from the outside. <laughs> no, Herman needs a baby Bjorn, so Herman's just carrying around this I'm gonna little cobalt. I'm going to keep spraying the little be? cobalt to keep him hydrated like a plant. <laughs> With a spray bottle. Okay. <laughs> I've never been while more we're, grateful while we're that walking. the spray bottle hasn't been invented yet in this universe. God damn it. But who knows? You're, Red's just you're dipping his hands into water. I have like, druidcraft. Can that make something good happen to you? If you roll good with it, sure. Why not? We can I'll have my character sheet open. <laughs> oh, oh, you don't? Oh, Okay. Uh, full disclosure, we have been on this Discord call for an hour, and I didn't have my character sheet open. Well, that is on you. Hold on, what can I do with Druidcraft? Hold on, let me look. I was picturing Red just walking, like, around with a bucket of water and just, like, splashing, like, the priest to in the Catholic Church, just bless you. (laughs) Water. Um... Well, I can make flowers and leaves and plants and things happen. I can also produce a faint odor. Um, So I can at least (laughs) cover up the smell of death on him. I can make him smell like flowers. (laughs) So that'll help. (laughs) Well, uh, 
Sure, why not? Just let so me now, have my cobalt. We need a little a disguise for Samuel so it doesn't throw off the townspeople. Just like a weekend at Bernie's scenario. Ooh, that's a good idea. Can we put like a little hat on him? You could borrow Treble's wig. Put his wig on. Yeah. Uh, I'm not giving up my wig like that. <laughs> this is I think priceless. Priceless artifact right here. I think we need a big hat. Hey, hey, hey! I have a concept. I'm gonna wrap him up. I'm gonna wrap him up in a blanket and carry him around, and people will think he's an infant. That's what I was saying. Get a baby Bjorn. I'm gonna put him in a blanket. You can wrap him in my cloak of the manta ray. Yes, we wrap him up in Herman's cloak and carry him like a baby, dragging behind him. He looks like a kid on Halloween. <laughs> okay. Anyway. The whole way we're anyway, walking we're at to the, the uh, fight. We're at the fight. We you are walking okay, so... I'm explaining to Samuel the rules of the UFC. <laughs> so when I fought oh, no. Margaret Thastis, no. Samuel, I gave her the old one, two, buckle my shoe, three, four, shut the door. And let me tell you, I could have competed in the UFC back in the day, but, uh, you know, had to... Uh, had to give give it up for you know well that's not important. Yep. Kitty just but, like rubs so, her temple in her forehead in a very ah, annoyed manner. Ah, mirroring the DM, I see. No, well, I'm mirroring uh, you and, <laughs> and my own self. I'm doing it mm, right mm. now. Excuse me, life. sir. You don't strike me as the sort of person to have participated in the Union of Fire Creators. You know, I, um, well, I, that's kind of my thing. It's like the element of surprise. People are like, oh, this guy can't fight. And then all of a sudden I come in and beat the the champion, Margaret Thastis. So, I mean, come on, you tell me. Hey, they got popcorn here? I think we should get some popcorn. Uh, Samuel's probably never had popcorn. Well, back in my day, we were lucky to simply have corn. Yeah, this is going to blow your mind, bud. Oh my god, that's so well, sad. Let me, could I ask, this blowing of the mind sounds quite violent, and I quite like my mind, so could we No, perhaps... no, no, it's a metaphor. It's all right. You, you, just, just, uh, you, you're going to be fine. It means real good. I, I know I don't have good book learning. I, I rather thought that metaphor is, uh, is what caterpillars do. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's right. They do do that. Sure do, bud. <laughs> okay, so as you arrive at the arena, um, there are, is a pretty lengthy line to get in. And you start to see uh, posters for the fight. So there's a big one which just has Thastus versus Cervantes title match. Um, and then below it, it has a list of other entertainment. Um, there will be a musical set uh, from the band Stalica, uh, a sorcerer duel between Temugara and Krejgio, a military parade, and... Uh, is, is there a band called Of Monsters and Minotaurs? No. That's that a just good one. Silly. No, That's okay. a good oh. one. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was proud of that one. <laughs> that was pretty good. I, I'll concede that. Um, so that is what you see. 
Um, and one thing that you would notice that you wouldn't necessarily have seen before, this uh, event is actually attracting a lot of people who are very richly garbed. Uh, up to this point, you've spent most of your time in Kuru in like the the average person section of town. You haven't really ventured up to the heights and seen the wealthy folks. Uh, but a number of them are out today, arrayed in, in various fine silks and linens. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, indeed. Um, but as you enter, uh, well, actually, I should I should ask, uh, where do you guys want to sit? Uh, there's free seating for, if you don't mind being, excuse me, in the nosebleed section. Um, if you want to pay a little bit of gold, though, you can get, like, a private box or seats closer to the front. Um, I mean, I think we need to be kind of close just in case something happens. Also, I feel like Is we're there... flush with cash, so we're going to sit up front like like the ballers that we are now. <laughs> Indeed. Herman, uh, Herman's up there with a big gold chain we, and about four watches for some reason. We have to sit <laughs> up front so showing. that our tiny little kobold can see. He's very short. We got a silk shirt out of nowhere. No one knows where it came from. Are you also wearing a giant clock around your neck? (laughs) No. Damn. No clock. He bit. He bit into that wok when he went to eat a steak. Oh right. Just has a grill in there. Mm -hmm. In fact, if anything, it would be a giant steak, golden steak hanging from my neck. (laughs) And then, and where the fat is, is is diamonds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kitty gets it. Is there a place to place some bets? Does anybody see that? Uh, I'm looking to uh, make a little extra gold on this. <laughs> um, so there's not like an official area for betting. Uh, but since you've been here before, you know there's an area where like some sort of shady bookies hang out where you can get a little bit of action. Um, kind of off by the concession stand. Well, we'll go find seats, um, good seats that we'll pay for. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to get all the concessions, one of each thing, and I'm going to eat them and also have Samuel try them and oh, see what he saying, likes. I'm going to eat them and then baby bird them to Samuel. No. <laughs> he gets a bite of everything to see what he likes. <laughs> Vincent's going to go with Treble to make bets. Kitty's just going to sit in the chair and just just eyes, eagle eyes out watching, making sure there's no snake people that are going to come murder them if this fucking lady wins. Okay. <laughs> that is sensible. Um, so after a little bit of searching... Um, treble you see a grung which is to say a small frog person who appears to be taking money in and handing out little like tickets or chits to people um so how much basically how much are you wanting to bet here uh so let's go ahead and i'll put uh 10 gold uh no 20 gold on uh, whoever Margaret Thastis is fighting. Cervantes. Put the 20 gold on him, and then um, 5 gold on Cervantes as well uh, for my cat here. He he wants to place bet too. 
Alrighty, 25 gold on Cervantes to win. Uh, currently, odds are stacked at about gold. 3 to 1. Uh, what was that? I'm going to give one gold as like a bonus. You know, sometimes when you're betting, you can do like bonuses if something crazy happens. So one gold if somebody gives somebody the chair. Like, <laughs> somebody just pulls out a chair and, and like, gives them the and chair. And they're like, here you go, I made this for you. I'm giving you this chair. The guy takes the gold, but he just looks at you with a very quizzical expression. And he puts the gold in his pocket. He's <laughs> just like, that's not going to happen. Um, uh, okay. Um, so, with the betting out of the way, uh, you can make your way into the arena proper. Uh, so I'm, I apologize if I missed this. Are you guys wanting to pay for like a box or? Yeah, I think we're like close, like close to the ring seats. Front row, okay. baby. Okay. Um, so go ahead then and subtract five gold from each of your gold counts. Um, since they're not really sure what Samuel is, they assume he's a child and he gets in for free. Nice. He is a child. He's my child. He's like my very, very, old. very old child. <laughs> They're like, normally we charge for children, but look at how ugly that kid is. I just feel bad for him. Don't charge them. <laughs> uh, this yeah, is my I... child with a wasting disease. Don't question it. Yeah, one He's of the ticket sick. vendors is like, whatever you're fighting, kid, I'm sure you can beat it. <laughs> <laughs> they pull out a bucket that just says Samuel for, like, donations. For <laughs> He's just... very sick. Please, <laughs> we pull out a little sign that says, please donate. My child is very sick. <laughs> <laughs> we did pay for front row tickets, but also, please donate. Our child is very sick. It's a make-a-wish thing. We had to. Yeah, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, we pull out a sign that says Make-A-Wish Foundation <laughs> for Samuel. Samuel really wanted to see this fight. It's the only thing he wanted in the whole world. Indeed. Um, all right, so you enter. You've got your front row seats. Um, and as you're entering, it looks like the band Stalica is ending their set. So all you're able to catch from them... Uh, is <clears throat> actually can i even do this is it i don't know it's not gonna be a legal thing okay oh but i'll kill a mime anywhere free to kill a clown anywhere i, I should also mention this band is entirely gnomes um nice. and i'll always stand on a chair everywhere i gnome now this gnome is far from home, yeah! Uh, fucking incredible. Bravo, bravo. And Red That's is great. so into it. It's clapping um, a lot. At Not this point, on the beat. Uh, somebody who's like an event monitor or event coordinator comes out and they've got like a little microphone and they're like... Uh, Thank you all for coming to this performance of Stalica. Uh, I'm sorry to say they will not be performing their song, Pastor of Muppets. Um, it appears that the lead singer has just sprained his throat. Um, I thought that was great. I love but, it. I'm super into it. Um, however, coming up next, 
we have the dueling sorcerer brothers, Temugara and Krejgio. And they point off to the side. And, uh, okay, this is going to be a deep cut. Did any, I know Dan has seen this movie, regrettably, but did any of you see the film, The Incredible Burt Wonderstone? Yes. Okay. They are going to descend from the ceiling on wires. Uh, a pair of dragonborn sorcerers. Uh, one has like a a teal robe on, and the other has a forest green robe on. Herman nudges Rad and goes, "Magnets." <laughs> <laughs> um, and after a moment, uh, as soon as they successfully touch down on this stage, um, they kind of give a little bow to the crowd. Uh, they do a few like showy spells like uh one of them conjures fire and casts it into the shape of a bird um and the other one like makes an ice sculpture in real time with magic so a block of ice comes down and then shapes it into a (laughs) uses shape water to turn it into something else (laughs) exactly um so they're kind of just showing off a little bit but then uh they kind of go to opposite ends of the stage and they start just casting spells at each other and doing like these super acrobatic flips and the crowd's entertained by it. You know, there's some cheering. You can hear like, go Krishkio and give him what for and things like that. People are having a good time. Um, this doesn't last for terribly long. Uh, it does look like <laughs> uh, one of the spells actually lands and knocks uh, Timagara, the one in the teal robe, like completely off the stage and into like an announcer's booth. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you, and you see like <laughs> uh, you see a couple people with like a red cross come running over and like cart this guy away on a stretcher. <laughs> um, it's probably not was it what was intended to happen but it was still interesting um as this is happening a a highly organized crew of folks with uh with shirts on that just say staff are dismantling the stage and taking it uh through a door at the side uh into the underbelly of the arena and erecting instead uh is a jousting list so they've got like what a weird ass night you have a metallica concert and then you have fucking a burt wonderstone and now we're gonna have jousting before a fucking ufc fight listen this is incredible this is a variety show what a night what a night no wonder people are paying so much for seats to this it's got fun How for the whole family. How blown is Red's mind right now? Like, has Red seen anything like this before? No. <laughs> Just no. I mean, yeah. realistically, <laughs> no one's seen anything like this before. That's kind of the point. Red's never been to a concert before, first of all. Second of all, jousting? He's gonna decide to become a knight after this. Anyway. <laughs> Trouble is just screaming and shouting at everything. Any sort of just no, it doesn't. He's not cheering for anyone in particular. He's just anytime anything happens, he's just going crazy. This is right up his alley. Yeah, Herman is losing his mind. He's blown away. 
Okay. Um, so as this jousting list is is getting put together, uh, you see a couple of different groups come onto the field. Um, there is a crew of dwarves who all have the same uh, heraldry on. And uh, you see a little emblem that's like just an iron fist, like a fist I fist pointing to the sky on like this... Uh, the fist is like a steel gray color and the background is this burnt orange. Um, and then you see kind of on the opposite side... Um, you see a, a team of three Goliaths walk into the field, and they've got this heraldry that's like a tiger mid-leap. Um, and then you hear the announcer, Today's jousting match is sponsored by the Guild of Seafarers. Good seafarers for seafarers everywhere. Today we have brought for you... The Grendelsbane clan. Jousting today in their honor, Lord Basil Grendelsbane. And this dwarf kind of walks out from the group of dwarves and, like, raises his hand in the air. And fighting him from the Stire Isles, the beast of the jungle, Henri Le Tigre. And one of the Goliaths walks out and does the same thing. Um, and here is where it gets odd, because instead of horses, uh, a pair of very large goats, perhaps yes. magically enlarged goats, yes. are brought out <laughs> from the respective sides of the arena. Goat jousting! <laughs> like, are they jousting on top of the goats, or are they jousting with the goats? Like, the go- are they, like, ramming? They're riding the like, goat. like, ramming speed? Well, literal ramming speed. Yeah, that's uh, what I mean. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. This is, this is so good. This is incredible. This is the best image. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. <laughs> so, um, after a little bit of a little bit more of like mugging for the crowd, um, they start to their armor is on. They mount up on their goats, and they begin to charge. So, it's time for a mini-game. Uh, Treble, go ahead and roll a d6, and Kitty, roll a d6. Ooh, a three for me. One! <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, on the first pass, neither... Neither is able to land a blow, although uh, Basil Grendelsbane is closer to landing a blow. On the second pass, Red and Herman, please roll a d6. Okay, I'm going to roll my new dice. Six. Hold on, they're still in the bag. i got to get them out. Five. Ah. Oh boy. With a hearty crash, Henri Le Tigre lands a shot directly in the center of Basil Grendel's bane. And with a cry, he is un... I almost said unhorsed. He's ungoated. Um, <laughs> what a word. Crashing. What a phrase. Majestic, And the crowd just poetic. goes, Oh! 
and there is a deafening murmur for a second. And, uh, yeah, and that was it. And that's um, it. And that's all, folks. Uh, Treble's trying to get El Tigre, El Tigre. He's trying to get that chant going. Red joins in. Performance. Red is, you can, red you, is you part can, of it. You can roll performance for that. I will, I will say yes. Red is part of it, and Samuel's also part of it. I control Samuel uh, now. <laughs> 9 plus 9, 18. Okay. Um, by sheer power of enthusiasm and perhaps inebriation on the part of the crowd, uh, you are able to start a, a raucous chant. Um, yes. Uh, and then it breaks, well, it doesn't break down, but it becomes a little bit more intense because apparently he's a frequent uh, participant in events like these. And he actually has his own, uh, his own like unique chant and hand motions because they all start doing, um, it almost looks like the alligator clap that some people do, yes. but it's like the tiger chomp. So <laughs> just doing this ridiculous hand motion. Um, yes. And after, after a little while, the Goliath comes up to one of the event organizers and uh, the organizer hands him like this pretty hefty sack of gold, which he lifts into the air to raucous applause and then, uh, you know, exits the arena. Um, Basil Grendelsbane appears to be okay. Uh, he's able to walk away from the incident and, uh, yeah. And now we get to the main event. It's time for Cervantes versus Thastus. Then you hear the announcers in the background, you know, you know, Cervantes really does know how to throw his hands. And it's just like the most ridiculous thing. And then there's also bro Jogan there uh bro joking or bro hogan immediately dies because (laughs) (laughs) so he got impaled in the last one one of the goat horns broke off i actually did think about putting that in but i thought it would be too on the nose because my thought was when uh depending on how you rolled for the lances a fragment of lance would break off and impale him through the throat Oh, God. Something like that. Um, don't worry, there are plans for Bro Hogan. Uh, actually, maybe you should worry if it's not a popular character. I don't know. Anyway, um, so at this point, the jousting list has been disassembled, and a uh, octagonal stage is being put together. Um, and as it's getting put together... Uh, There are a number of people going through the crowd which have staff on their shirts and they're just, they're selling food and selling some booze if you feel like paying extra. Um, After a while, this stops and uh, larger people with staff and also with security on their shirts come in and are lining the the very they're not lining it in a way that would inhibit the view but they're lining it to prevent people from jumping into the ring as you do uh and then the lights dim and from one end of the arena you hear joining us now the pride of the titans tears 
the middleweight champion, the finest halfling to ever enter the octagon. Give it up for everyone's favorite halfling, Izanami Cervantes! Cervantes! Bonesaw! I love Bonesaw Cervantes. Um... So you know how they always have, uh, so the boxer, the fighter starts walking in, and being a halfling, um, it's not, I mean, it's impressive because this halfling is fucking jacked. Um, She's got, like, the shaved head with, like, the little stripes shaved in on the side. um, side This halfling is hot. Um, She has (laughs) a number of... That's your... (laughs) A lady has the stripe shaved in on the side. Fuck, she's hot. <laughs> yep. That's all, that's if you, all you have. If you have an undercut with stripes in it, you are hot. That's it's a science. fact. That's science. Um, she's got a number of different tattoos. Um, most prominently on each shoulder. She's got a roaring lion on one. And a jaguar's head on the other. Um, And doing typical fighter things, like doing some punches into the air. Uh, She's got, like, that ridiculous boxing robe that they all wear, which I don't understand why, but they've all got it, so it's here. Um, And following her, uh, you recognize one of the Goliaths from before. Um, And he's holding up a belt above her head. Like they do. Um, And after this procession kind of takes a very lengthy route, like around the entire octagon before settling in one of the corners. Um, And then the lights dim again. And from the opposite end, you hear the same announcer. And now, representing the floating city of Kuru, the local hero... Our pride and joy. It's time to welcome the fighter, Margaret Thastis, the Brine Hammer. And then the crowd cheers, Brine Hammer, Brine Hammer. And the same thing happens. Um, the only <laughs> exception this time is that the uh, Margaret enters to much, much applause. And... Uh, there's a Triton woman following her, and she does not have a belt. She just has a normal group of coaches and, and attendants. Um, but the applause for her is significantly louder on account of, of, of being a local, a local fighter. So, here we are again. Um, and uh, in true fashion... Uh, There are a pair of referees in the octagon, uh, an older-looking dwarf with a mohawk, and a mm, fairly young-looking furbolg. Both have got the striped black-and-white shirts and large whistles. Uh, And one of them goes to each fighter, and you get the sense that they're, like, explaining the rules, that sort of thing. Uh... And after that, you see them each put in their mouth guard, put on their wraps, and uh, square up. 
It's now time for part two of the mini game. Part two. Okay. <clears throat> so, for this part, uh, when I have you roll, it'll be. Let's see here. Please hold. Please hold while DM recalibrates what's happening. <laughs> Your players are very important to us. This, <laughs> I was just thinking of that. This story will continue in just a moment. The setting right now for the fight is loading. This is a load screen. We're getting little facts about the world of Skyrim while we wait. Did you know that UFC started in the early second age? <laughs> It's just a spinning picture of Margaret Thastis <laughs> in place. Which you can zoom in on or zoom out of slightly. Yeah. Okay. The DM has finished loading this module. For security purposes, please keep your bags nearby and no flash photography. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please enjoy the show. Alrighty, so for this, um, you guys are actually going to be rolling d20s. Um, so, uh, for this first one, um, Kitty and Herman, go ahead and roll a d20. And then uh, Red and Treble, you will also roll a d20. Alright, okay. money, 15. Three! 16. All right, so... 15. So, what was that, Kitty and Herman? It was 15 and what? Three! Three, okay. All right, so... Um, you are are essentially playing for Margaret Thastis at this point. Kitty and Herman. Great. So, you successfully land a frighteningly fast uh kick to the shin um a sweeping left kick that you can hear there's a visible or not a visible an audible oof when it hits now for um red and trouble what did you guys get i got a 16 okay i got a 15 Ooh. okay um, so, uh, Cervantes absorbs the blow, and in response throws out two, like, sweeping hits. Uh, only one of them connects, but it connects squarely onto the jaw of Thastus. So, um, go ahead and, uh, red, or not red, um, Kitty and Herman, go ahead and roll again. Okay. <laughs> Two. Seven. Okay, so that'll be one missed hit. Um, Kitty, what did you get? Two. Two. Two missed hits. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Thastus struggles a bit. Um, that was really... That blow to the jaw really, really knocked her flat knocked her knocked her it disoriented her a bit um red and treble go ahead and roll again nine 
10. <laughs> Good lord. Okay. Um, uh, p- perhaps overconfident by your recent hit, uh, you attempt... Cervantes attempts to follow up with two more swift strikes, and regrettably, neither of them land. I don't really have a good reason for that narratively, so I'm just going to say <laughs> by a sheer incompetence, neither of them hit. Um, at this point, uh, the round ends, and the fighters retire to their respective corners. Um, these are short rounds, mind you, so it makes perfect sense. Um, because it's a boxing scene, there are always people with towels to kind of pad up everything. Uh, there's a coach just yelling in their faces, because that always seems to happen in these sorts of things. <laughs> uh, what else? What other tropes can I draw on here? Like <laughs> boxing else. expertise. Cut him! Cut him! You gotta cut him! <laughs> coach giving obvious advice. Stop letting him punch you in the face. Punch him harder than he's punching you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need the to move get... faster and make sure that they move slower. <laughs> Pocket sand! Pocket sand! Adrian! <laughs> yeah, I do like the obvious advice, though. Not, don't let him punch you. Don't let him hit you. Um, Alright, so after a little bit of, of that, uh, the fighters get back in. And uh, they don't actually have a proper boxing bell. Instead, they have like a church bell that they've retrofitted uh, onto a stand. So they attempt to ring it, but it's just this deafening sound. So instead of the ding ding, you just hear a bong, which you can feel the vibration in the arena. Um, And the fighters are a little disoriented because it's like five feet away from where they are. But uh, they get back in it and they start throwing so this is the speed round so go ahead and uh red no go ahead herman and kitty and roll a d20 and then if you roll higher than a 16 uh you automatically will hit and you can roll again i rolled an 11 so okay 14 Okay, well, neither of you hit, so this is a moot point. Um, a couple of misses, unfortunately. Um, just getting those those early game jitters out of the way. Uh, yeah, couldn't unable to land your your combo kick punch. So, um, okay, red and treble, uh, same thing, and same rules apply. Okay. No, that's five. Ooh, I got a 17. Okay, so you miss on one. Uh, you hit with that. Go ahead and roll it Roll it again. Uh, 13. Okay. So you land another shin kick, and this triggers your flurry of blows. Uh, so you do a kick punch and then you actually headbutt and the headbutt uh completely breaks thastus's nose and there's like a visceral crunch and then a little mist of blood so um 
And this actually knocks Thastus down slightly. Uh, just because of the sheer disorienting power of having your nose broken. Um, Trouble starts shouting, Give him the chair! Give him the chair! <laughs> Everyone's really confused, being like, She's not a carpenter. <laughs> yeah. Not a carpenter. That doesn't seem very ergonomic. Um, go ahead, Kitty, and roll a d20. And this is to see if Thastus gets up. Two, baby! Oh, no. I mean, this is good for us. This is all great this for is us. Good. This is good for you. It's bad <laughs> for yeah, Margaret. this is good. This um, is good. I do okay, feel very so bad. there's that. Um, and then uh, Herman, go ahead and roll a d20. Twelve. Oh, man. (laughs) It's working out great. This is working out great for you guys. Um, This is basically... You're rolling to see if the coach for Thastus pulls her out for medical reasons or not. Uh, (laughs) Which would would endanger your winnings if he did that. But because you rolled so low, it actually worked in your favor. Um, Yay! It's really bad. <laughs> He's like, you're doing great. Keep it up. <laughs> it's just a little blood. Yeah, just Fine. wear him out. Let him keep punching you in the face until he gets tired. And then that's when you turn it around. And then go in and attack. <laughs> At this point, you can hear the announcer going, all right, now this has become a staple of the Margaret Thastis attack. You know, just take a bunch of damage early and lure them into a false sense of security. But any second now, she's going to lay down the hammer. And the other announcer just, you know, kind of looking over and like, yeah, sure, Craig. Um, yeah. Could, that, definitely getting uh, the shit kicked out of her. Sure. Uh, ever the optimist, Craig. Ever the optimist. I'm picturing, like, those two announcers from Dodgeball. Yeah. Like, yeah. One really invested and very serious, and the other completely not invested in the slightest on espn yeah. he will the not ocho. be able to see it the all, ocho <laughs> margaret's decided to stop blocking bold strategy cat cotton let's see if it works out for him <laughs> she's putting on a blindfold she will not be able to see there cotton yeah um so uh let's see here um all right so we're gonna call this the the second wind if you will uh, we're gonna say Kitty and Herman go ahead and roll a d20, and we're gonna take the average of those because I need one roll here. So. Eight. Three. Oh, we are crushing it. Yeah, I even <laughs> rolled a different dice to try to help. Cervantes hasn't even had to do anything. It's just been fastest not being able to recover. I mean, it it was always a little bit of an underdog story. I, yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, fastest is gonna slip on a banana peel and break her neck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, you fastest like gets up, kind of onto one knee like trying to stand up all the way um red and trouble uh go ahead and roll a d20 okay it's a seven it's a ten god we're wow we're not actually doing any real fighting because we suck today 
<laughs> but today we're looking for those low numbers. <laughs> so, well, you are, but um, so Cervantes at this point, I guess, just decides not to do any hits because now she's just kind of grandstanding, <laughs> like looking out to the crowd, basically doing the "Are you not entertained?" bit from Gladiator. Um, because she knows she's won, so she's just fucking milking it. Yeah. Um, and since the rolls were low, uh, yeah, go ahead and roll a d20 again, uh, Team Thastus. <laughs> oh, 16. Four. Okay, average of 10. Um, finding the second wind, uh, she gets shakily to her feet. So, um, Yeah. And then I guess for that, uh, Herman, you can roll a d20 since you rolled the 16. 15. Okay. Uh, it's a very, it's not a very strong punch, uh, but it does land. So you, you get a, you get a, well, not you, but Thastus gets a punch in, uh, a solid connection to the shoulder or to the, to the back shoulder, in fact, of, uh, Cervantes. So, uh, Team Cervantes, go ahead and roll that d20. Oh, seven again. Oh my god. Is that what team I am? Yes. Okay. It's unclear to me. Twelve. Oh boy. Um, perhaps taken by surprise, uh, the return shots from Cervantes, neither of them land. So we may actually have a fight on our hands. Um, now at this point, the round has expired, or the time has ended, so the deafening bell rings again. Bong, bong, and uh, the, the, the crew for Thastus hurriedly are like patching up her nose, like putting it back into shape, putting, like, a little brace <laughs> over it. Um, yeah, it's not pleasant by any means. Um, and the coach for Cervantes is just berating her. Like, the Goliath has one of those coaching clipboards with, like, <laughs> for whatever reason, it has a diagram of an octagon on it, and he's, like, hurriedly drawing on it with a marker. Like, You go here <laughs> and punch there. There. Yeah. <laughs> This will be a deep cut that I think that only Jordan should get, but I'm envisioning like our old basketball coach, like draw, trying to drop a play and then getting frustrated and breaking the clipboard on the ground, which he did more than once. I feel like that's pretty. That's also pretty common with a lot of like high school coaches who are like going through divorces and stuff <laughs> like that. They just most like, of those, yeah. those guys who are like whose lives court. are falling apart and use their children as a escape to try to make things better for themselves and just makes it worse for everyone. You know, those yeah. guys. Yeah, Je those hey, guys. Jeff, if you're listening, we're talking about you. <laughs> Simmer the fuck hey, you're on blast, Jeff. Hope things you know are okay you with are. your life now, Jeff. Hope they're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like they're not. I'm sorry, Jeff. Well, the joke's on you, Jeff. Uh, anyway. You were a mean dude, Jeff. I hope your life is shitty. <laughs> oh, God. 
Jeff was, Jeff was also the sort of Jeff was also the sort of person who liked to put like religious symbolism into everything. Ooh, so we love that. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, we love it. Which, which honestly, this is a fitting place for us to talk about that. But you know, <laughs> Christ is the ball, and Christ is the hoop. And you always put Christ in the hoop. Christ into Christ. Because <laughs> you know he's. All three spirits in one. The hoop, the ball, and you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He's a hoop, he's a ball, he's a cracker, he's all the things. He's all the things. He is the blood. And sometimes when you're dribbling on the court and you see a pair of footprints beside you, and then you don't see them anymore, that could just mean that somebody cleaned the court. But more likely it means that they, they carried you, or they that, dribbled your ball. That, that, I don't know. Jesus, Jesus. They Jesus dribbled you the into the hoop. <laughs> and that's where he ball. dribbled you. <laughs> I don't know. Go run some lines. Go run some lines. <laughs> you're not here to play basketball. You're here to attack the gates of hell. Now that isn't even a joke. He said that once that upon actually, a time. That's yeah, fine. he would all, say that. That's often. all painfully real. Anyway. Um, wow. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about round three. And at this point, it could be anybody's game. Uh, no one really expected, naturally, anybody to come back from a horrifically broken nose like that. But uh, uh, it's going to start with uh, Margaret Thastis. So... Kitty and Herman. Let's hear those 20s. Roll another dice. Straight up one, baby. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> I rolled a 15. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, neither of those are going to hit. Great. So that, awesome. that works out. I uh, feel like with a with a one, I could be wrong here, but I feel like with a one, that should give like an opportunity attack from Cervantes. For sure. That is, is that is fair. That does that would count as a fail. So, I'm gonna say that the fail takes the form of uh, Thastus attempts to do a hit and in doing so actually stumbles and that creates the opportunity attack. So go ahead and roll a d20. Who? Uh, oh, you're right. Um, <laughs> Team Cervantes. So red and treble. Go ahead and roll a d20. Okay. Like, roll good. I rolled a two. I rolled a sixteen. Okay, that's, well the six. That's one more than each of us. I rolled a fifteen and he rolled a one. Ha ha! Beat ya. Yeah. Um. Okay. So having rolled a sixteen, go ahead and roll it again. Okay. Twelve that time. Okay. Um, now go ahead and cho- uh, choose which of these cho- choose which of these body parts you want to use to hit somebody. Yeah. You can choose from your head, your knee, fist, or leg slash foot. Knee. That seems like a hard uh, surface. You can you can pick two. So knee and what else? And fist. Knee and fist. Okay. I'm going for the most powerful looking options. Okay. Um, when Thastus stumbles, Cervantes does like an upward leap with the knee forward and the knee connects with the chin. Oh. And like knocks knocks Thastus back. That's some and then lost. with the hammer blow, uh, that right hook just comes in. 
And uh, unfortunately, that is the end of Margaret Thastis. In, in this, this fight. Boxing. Okay, in this yeah. fight, specifically. This is not a, not a fatality. Um, this but ain't, Cervantes. This ain't no Mark Cervantes, Cervantes. Cervantes. And unfortunately, uh, there is a lot of booing in the crowd. Yeah, because she's Um, the local hero. Yeah. We fucked up the local hero. So if Treble's shouting Cervantes, is he in the minority in that then? Yes. Yes, definitely. You're definitely in the minority here. Um, But it doesn't last too long. Um, Eventually, Thastis wakes up. Well, after several minutes and a team trying to revive her, she wakes up and she starts to get to kind of hobble out of the ring. She's got an arm over the shoulders of her attendants. And when that happens, the crowd shifts from the booing to just polite applause. Um, just for It's okay, for honey. You did your best. You did your best, honey. It's okay. Exactly. Though, hopefully, um, she didn't do her best. Apparently, according to our dice, she did throw the fight. Because they... By, by sheer virtue of... Of, of how some, badly uh, we rolled. It worked out well. It worked out well. Except for the fight clearly looked rigged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trouble is... Trouble's like, okay, guys, uh, I got to go get my winnings. Uh, we, we ready? Or uh, don't forget your cold thread. Uh, Samuel, are you all good? Uh, let's go, let's go, let's go. He's, like, antsy to get to his winnings. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, I will I will pick up my child and go, <laughs> go where I am supposed to go. With my child. With my very sick child. Can, can I, before we are ushering ourselves out of here, can I just, like, scan to make sure that there wasn't any, like, see if there's any snake people and, like, around here? Uh, sure. Go ahead and roll perception. Mm. Oh, now I can roll great. Uh, <laughs> 22. Um, you do, in fact, see one, one snake person. Um, you see, um, you can try. I'm trying to figure out what role that would be. I guess it doesn't really matter. I'll say yes. You can make, you can make eye contact with them. Um, it is a one T, uh, oh fuck. Which one is it? Anathema. It's a one T anathema. Um, Instead of the, like, jet black color that Yubitsume is, this one is, like, a metallic green. Um, and kind of, you you think Yubitsume might have had tattoos as well. This one has very visible tattoos in black and uh, blue ink all over. But they are in a box about 60 feet to your right. And upon making eye contact with you, they give a slight nod and then exit the booth. Kitty will just like be like, a, like big exhale of breath. Be like, okay, we're not going to get murdered by snake people. Indeed. Um, and that is where we find ourselves. So uh, provided that you, well, you go to collect your winnings and the, uh, 
the grung uh hands you back uh 25 gold plus 75 um the seemed that act the speculation was that the home hometown advantage would favor thastus uh but it did not did not pan out that way so and then um as you're about to leave, he stops you and he flicks a single gold coin back to you. They didn't give him the chair, though. Bookie with a heart of gold. I love it. The grung's like, you want a chair, go hire a carpenter. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. It's yeah. so oh, not a heart of gold. So, base, base we also do have a, a carpenter, actually. We, yeah, we got that's one what of it those. was, because you did 20 and base did 5. Yeah, you got your gold back. Okay. Yeah. Base, okay. base did yeah. five and you did 20, and then you got 70. So you can give the gold to your cat. I can't believe I just said that. Um, <laughs> you yeah, can't give, give the, the gold, gold to your to cat. Me, thank you. Where is the cat going yeah. to yeah, he put puts, the gold. I give him two gold and he puts them in his little booties. And like, <laughs> I forgot. And then he, he does that booties. weird that cat thing where they hate putting their feet down because something's on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Base is literally going to have a fancy feast. God damn it. <laughs> yes. I look forward to the scene where Base goes up to the counter of the bar and buys the nicest entree. Right? Just a whole fish. He just yeah, gets the entire fish. Shake tartare, some sushi. <laughs> yeah. So, uh as is typical at sporting events, there is a huge line to get out the door. Uh, there are people trying to sell, like, knockoff merchandise. Uh, so there's somebody who has, like, a Margaret Thastus shirt, but it's misspelled. So it's, like, Murgert Thastus. Murgert Thastus. Murgert Thastus. Um... And then there's another misspelling. It's like Izanami cervical instead of Cervantes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but, but once you make your way past those folks, uh, you are free to return to the hotel if you wish. I'm going to say, I just picture Vincent pushing through the crowd like, diplomatic immunity, get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. Um, I um, just tell people to get out of the way and please don't crowd my child. He has a terrible disease. He's got Benjamin Button disease. I think Kitty's like thumb and forefinger just live on the, table <laughs> on the top of the <laughs> It's just their home forever. This is like always sunny when they cut in line at the water park. Like, AIDS, he's got AIDS. Everybody, go get out of the way. He's got AIDS. Yep. <laughs> Exactly what's happening right now. Because we are the worst. Um, if you're going to do that, go ahead and roll performance. Um, I guess it would be treble. Oh, that's a crit one. <laughs> so what is the worst, the worst reasoning you can think of for, uh, for trying to... Give your poor, kind of dead child some space. Um, a dog ate his penis. I, <laughs> I, I can't. Pretty good. With this. That's pretty oh, good. Boy. We need to get this child to the doctor. He has. 
What does he have? He he's like looks got at maggots. Uh, <laughs> he's got maggots. Uh, yeah, lots and lots of maggots. Oh no, there's so many. And he like pulls. A, he actually pulls a maggot off of Samuel because I'm sure there are some. And so he just pulls no, off. He's no like, maggot. he's like, like desiccated. Like he's dried out. There's no place for maggots to live. Yeah, there's nothing for really for maggots to eat. On. This is fantasy world, Bobby. Okay, let me have maggot. this. <laughs> Even worse. It, even Careful worse. of this child, he has lice. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, whatever you say, uh, you're mostly just getting weird looks. And... Uh, there's a family of tieflings that you're are like right in front of you and one of the tiefling kids like starts pulling on Samuel's leg. No, please don't. Please small child, please don't do that. I'm imagining the parents are like those parents who just aren't you're like, "Hey, can you have your child stop kicking me in the shin?" and they're like, "Oh, kids will be kids." Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "Oh. Okay." So Yep, kid, please don't pull that leg. It's really old. Well, but but I'm young and I'm, a child. I don't understand. Vincent crouches down to the child and whispers in his ear, if you touch Samuel again, I'm going to feed your arm to you. <laughs> the kid's eyes go as I'm wide scared. as plates and turns around and runs runs away. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Dial M for Magic. Your cast, as always, was Jordan Fugit as Treble, Herman Cranberry was voiced by Nathan Pierce, Dan Rogland was Red, and Bobby K. Kuffner was Kitty Bradley. Our dungeon master was Henry Rogland. If you enjoyed today's episode, this is just a little taste of what's available on our Patreon. Today's episode was a more of a raw director's cut, whatever you want to call it. But it's something that kind of gives a little bit of behind the scenes. I know people really like that. I know I personally enjoy it. So if you enjoyed it, make sure to head over to our Patreon. Uh, A little behind the scenes looks is always available at any level. As well as if you go up in levels, there's different Dial-M for Magic swag that you can get. And some really fun stuff coming down the pipe. Um, We just got some ideas for some stuff that I think is going to be a really good time. Uh, Runt wants to encourage you as well to make sure to uh, go check out the Patreon. Thank you for tuning in again, and we look forward to seeing you next time.